0: Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shields Outdoors podcast. Mike Anderson here with my co-host, Ashley Sorensen. Ashley, how are you doing on this fine day?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Mike? Mm,
0: doing all right. Yeah. Um, recording this on Friday. Yeah. So I, fun uh, shirt Friday. You know, if you're, <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, I've got a pretty outrageous shirt going on right now. It is, it is fun shirt it's Friday. It's fun. Party is shirt Is this
1: Friday. like 90s?
0: Yeah. It's inspired? It's definitely a 90s vibe. Yep. I, it's nice. Uh, yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's my favorite genre mm-hmm. of music. Is it fire. really? Absolutely. You know, stuff like Matchbox 20. Oh, if anybody knows EF6 yes. out there, that's probably my favorite band. If you don't, look it up. Good stuff. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's also a celebration of hunting season. Because for me, hunting season has started. Started last weekend for me. And uh,
1: So I'm going to put you in the hot
0: seat today. You're going to put me in the hot seat today. Yeah, you're in the
1: hot seat. Okay, yeah. So it's, I want to talk about being hunting has started. Mm-hmm. Your your first hunting trip of the is season. How did how did that go? Where where did you go? Okay, and let's let's talk about that. Talk about what kinds of hunting you're going to be doing. What's in your pack? All the good to know things as we enter the season.
0: Perfect. Um, yeah, my first hunt was therapeutic. I'm gonna say that. So, <laughs> and therapeutic means I didn't kill anything, <laughs> so, which is
1: okay. Yeah, humbling, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, a little, a little bit humbling. Conditions were a little bit difficult. So, uh, I've got a wife and two kids, so I have to really plan things out. My wife loves the calendar, so I, uh, I started using the calendar a lot more. And about two months ago, I was like, North Dakota archery opener. I just blocked those four days off. And, you know, that worked. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. Um, so, okay, so- I, got, I got the okay to go on this trip. And I talked to my, my normal hunting partner, uh, my cousin Ryan. And he was like, okay, yeah, I think we're going to go uh, all right. But then he got this big buck on camera. And I was like, I have a lot of projects to do, and I kind of want to focus my attention on this really good deer. So I'm going to pass. So that was like two weeks prior to season. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, so then I threw and out that some that was your more, cousin or that was you? That was my cousin. Okay. Yep. So then, uh, then I threw out a little more feelers, and then I had one other person that was interested, but then that didn't work out either. So then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I, uh, I'll probably go solo. So I've done it before. Not a big deal. North Dakota Badlands. So Western North Dakota, kind of the edge of the North Dakota-Montana border-ish, I guess. So um, at this point, I had a few days to try and figure something out. I didn't know where I wanted to go exactly, um, what the conditions like. It was going to be hot. I knew it was going to be That's hot. That's right. And We had uh, some
1: like 90-degree days.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was not knowing exactly where I was going to go, but I was, you know, throwing out some feelers, seeing what was going on, had a conversation with a buddy who knew another buddy that had a lot of deer. He worked in like oil fields and stuff, but I had never met him. So he's like, yeah, I'll I'll see if he's interested. Cause apparently he was a big whitetail guy and I wanted to go after mule deer. So he was like, oh yeah, he likes whitetail. doesn't care about the mule deer. So I'll try and connect you guys. So, I'm driving west. I'm on my trip right now. I, I hadn't heard from him. And then I was like a quarter of the way there, I get this phone call. I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, you can you can come out. of have seen a decent amount of deer. And uh, my wife and the kids are out for Labor Day weekend somewhere else. So you can crash in the downstairs. So like I had planned on just sleeping in my truck and roaming all <laughs> over the place and not knowing where I'm going to go. But I was like, oh, so now I got a shower and a bed? I'm in. All right. New <laughs> you territory. You were already in. <laughs> the, guy, the guy, his job is to drive around and answer phone calls and make sure oil wells are working properly. So it's like he's got a lot of sea time. So, yeah, he drives around. He's like, I've seen deer here. I've seen deer here. You know, like I'm on, on X Mark and pins. like, this is the coolest thing ever. All right. <laughs> and um, <laughs> And I hunt a couple of days and, you know, see a couple. But it was all like does and fawns. And it was the two days that I was there, it was 95 degrees and 97 degrees. So they didn't want to move. No. Did not at all. I saw one nice one uh, in the morning. And he was, he was coming off of this field and kind of going back to like going to bed for the day. And I thought he was going to bed on this big chunk of, of public when, when I first laid eyes on him. So I hauled to try and intercept him. And then I get to a spot where it's like, okay, I should get a visual on him now. And then I look down and there's like three big wooded draws still on the private piece. And was like, oh yeah, he's not going to keep going. (laughs) He's going to stop there. And I can't touch him in that spot. So I had to, I had to bail on that one. And then I, I moved West after that and I went to a new spot um, pretty close to the Montana border and um, trekked back in there while it was still, like, 90-some degrees. You know, like, I I was going through draws really slow, had the wind in my favor, kind of thinking, like, okay, there's probably one bedded there waiting to, like, move on to, like, a different area to feed. And I saw a lot of sign, so I felt really good about it. Um, And then I got to a really nice glassing point and spent the last, you know, few hours of daylight there and saw a bunch of deer and was headed back to my truck and I got, you know, maybe a third of the way there and it was getting close to dark. And I see all of a sudden I look up and I see two deer coming off of this field at a pretty good clip. And I get my binoculars up and I see two big racks and I'm like, All right, game on. Here we go. I still got a little bit of daylight left. We make this happen. So I was in a spot that I was not ready to put a stock on for these deer, and they were at, like, about 125 yards or so. And, you know, my, I feel really good out to, like, 75 with, okay. my, with my setup. Like, I can shoot farther if I have to, but, like, if they're inside a 75, I'm feeling pretty good, good. Yeah. especially if it's not, like, windy, which it wasn't. And so I immediately, like, hit the deck. I'm flat on the ground because I have no cover around me, and these deer are coming but thankfully, there's, like, this big tree that's all bushy and stuff, mm. like, that's basically in between us. So, like, I wait for them to get behind that. And then it's like, okay, now it's time. Now i got to cover some ground. i got to get from, like, 120 to, like, hopefully 75. So, like, I, I make a move. I get going. And it was, it was where I was at. It was, like, basically a, a two-track trail so I could be super quiet doing this. So, like, I get up, I get to what I think is about, like, 75 or 80 from where they would be, and then I sit and I wait. So it's like, okay, where are they at? Where are they going to come out? And I waited and I waited, and then I got to the point where it's like, oh, I don't know if they're here or not. So then I, I kind of sneak around and do some look in, and they had vanished. So it was, that was pretty humbling. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But you did see a couple cows, no? <laughs> I saw a lot of
0: cows. Yes, yes. That was a good video you showed me. Yeah, yeah, if anybody's hunted that sort of area where it's it's kind of open range and and public stuff where the grazing is allowed, you do run into a lot of cows. So you get excited. <laughs> I had finally gotten to my glassing point and. I'm all excited, like, looking around hear what's going on. And then I, I hear something right to the left of me. And then all of a sudden there's a big head coming up, like, just, just, like, over this rise. And then all of a sudden it's a cow. <laughs> so was like, oh, all, all right. right. So I took that opportunity to create a video like, oh, I'm looking glass and all over this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, bam, big cow. Yeah. <laughs> Not a cow elk, a cow cow. Cow. Cow cow. Yeah. cow. Yep. Yep. beef cow beef cow but um actually to go back to after I saw those deer yeah uh, that actually probably the most exciting part of my hunt happened right after that which I was headed back to my truck and then it had gotten dark at this point and I was using onyx to navigate and make sure I know where my truck is and I'm I'm walking and it's uh, I wasn't using a flashlight I probably should have used a flashlight but I wasn't and um all of a sudden I hear something moving in front of me and I look up and there's this big blob, like no more than two steps away from me. And (laughs) I back out and scream like, what are you? (laughs) You know, that's what just what popped into my head. I didn't know what it was. So I just screamed asking what it was. And uh, then I, I see it move a little bit and then I shine a flashlight and it was a giant porcupine. So I was about, two steps away from getting smacked with some serious quill Gosh. action. So that, that got the heart racing. Right. Like probably just as much as when I saw those big bucks <laughs> because I have – you ever watch that old show Homeward Bound? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what is it, Chance? or I think the oh, dog's Chance. The I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. I could be wrong, but I think it is. Anyways, the flashbacks oh. of that, that movie – where he got smacked in the face by a porcupine and had all those quills was running through my head. Like, obviously he wouldn't have got me in the face, but right, my yeah. legs would have been in trouble. Oh, and gosh. he was—he had no interest in moving either. He was like, "Dude, you're in my. Yeah, turf. You kind of had a standoff. Yeah, did definitely had a standoff with a porcupine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was somewhat yeah, eventful. Yeah, yeah, somewhat eventful. And uh, you know, I tried to locate those bucks in the morning. And uh, just was unsuccessful. So it was. I had a, a shift in wind, so I had to, like, strategize a little bit differently because it's like, okay, I suspect these deer to be betting in, in these draws and coming out probably into the fields or, you know, returning to bed or whatever. But if I, if I do this big loop around, I can get the wind in my favor and get into a pretty decent vantage point and have a good idea of where these bucks are. Sure. And I did not find them.
1: So you've got the itch for yeah. the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. Well, I scratched the itch a little bit. Right. You know, I'd been waiting since like December when I shot my last deer late season. Right. Um, but yeah, it's so it while. was it was great to get out. Great to get out. Like I said, it's therapeutic. Therapeutic. You know, I had four days where there wasn't any screaming kids and <laughs> I, I didn't particularly have to worry about work. So it was nice. Nice. That, you know that's that's one of the best parts about right. hunting is you can just kind of be one escape, with nature. Be one with nature. Yep. Exactly.
1: So plans for the upcoming season? You said you have no hunts planned necessarily, but a lot of hunting planned, I imagine.
0: Yeah, I'm. A, I'm what you'd call a weekend warrior okay. at this point. There was a there was a good string of sickness and colds from the kids earlier this this like past winter and early spring, which turned into like a massive depletion of my PTO (laughs) along with a couple of family trips. So yeah, when, when kids get sick, the, the hunt PTO gets changed to hanging out with sick kids. Sure. So you know what? It is what it is. Right. So I, I can't do any like distance ones, but I'll, I'll turn it into like some long weekend trips. I definitely plan on going out to the Badlands again. Okay. Because October out there is, a pretty magical time okay to be to be out there hunting and what it's are we nice. hunting I'll be hunting mule deer again out there okay um I I do a lot of whitetail stuff like I live in Fargo North Dakota so I I have the ability to hunt both Minnesota and North Dakota I usually right. I usually hunt white tails in Minnesota and then I'll I'll save my North Dakota tag for for mule deer I can hunt white tail in North Dakota too but I just got bit by this mule deer bug and the whole spot and stock thing is just so much fun, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I like to do that, but going out there in like early, well, not early October, but like mid to later October is, is great because, you know, people have heard of like the October lull for a whitetail mm-hmm. where it's like, they're not really into their pre rut stuff really that hard. And, um, and just the hunting is, you know it can be great when the weather has like a cold front coming in and mm-hmm. stuff, but like mule deer they're they're up and active a little bit more then and uh a lot of the foliage is kind of gone so you can sure. see them a little bit easier, mm-hmm. so I just really enjoy getting out west that time
1: so let's talk about what is in your pack for mule deer mule deer then
0: okay yeah, it's definitely a different shift between whitetail and mule deer when like, you're saying October yeah, okay, yeah. So, so even
1: like gear, like,
0: yeah, however descriptive you want to get. Sure. So you definitely have to be ready for about any condition out there. So layering is super important. You know, it can be like 20 to 30 degrees at night, and then it can get up to like 75 during the day. Right. So like that's a huge swing. See, mm-hmm. like you need to, to pack <laughs> for yeah. it. Layering is key for sure. So... Oftentimes I'll do a I'll do a base layer, and then I'll uh, I really like to utilize vests, you know, like so you keep your core warm, right. and then you have your outer layers, and then um, I, I like to make sure to leave room in the pack for being able to put those layers in there. So oftentimes I'll be bundled up pretty good because the morning you like to spend yeah. glassing out there on a on kind of a hilltop or like the side of a hilltop, and then the wind's whipping right in your face because you want to keep the wind in your favor. So it'll get cold. Right. So. Yeah. You have to be ready for that, and then you have to be ready to shed everything. So, and yeah, carry you just, you. like, yeah. as, as the temperatures rise in the day, you remove a layer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's basically what it comes down to there. But then, you know, other gear, obviously, you have your binoculars, spotting scope, range finder. Um, I like to bring a jet boil with, especially if mm-hmm. I know that I'm uh, going to be a long ways away from the truck. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll plan hunts, and I, I won't pack nearly as much because I know I'm... Middle of the day, I'm going to go back and make lunch or something like that. But um, And then definitely I always have, you have to be ready if you shoot something, too. So, like, I'm always having game bags and, uh, you know, like a knife and a bone saw in there. Okay. Um, plenty of water.
1: Yeah. And what will you make for food? Just curious. Because I'm like, yeah, what if you're gone? Huh. So what do you so, boil on this <clears> thing here?
0: Yeah, I like to do the dehydrated meals oh, yeah. like the like all those. My favorite is chicken and dumplings. Hmm. Yep. Yep. It's pretty delicious. I actually, so I just got a new puppy, and I have to go out at noon and let him out, and I didn't really have much in the fridge, so I made one of those meals. I had a chicken and dumplings <laughs> dehydrated meal the other day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not so. for
1: you, not for the puppy. No, not for the <laughs> okay. puppy. He,
0: he gets he gets his His dog food, his puppy, puppy food. Chow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like those. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good making sandwiches, Snicker bars. Uh, I like those I like those kids apple sauces oh yeah like go go squeeze. squeeze yes yeah. go go squeeze right yep those are good um, I was I was kind of blessed this past trip because my wife went to Costco and got a whole bunch of like like ribs oh, that were pre-cooked nice. so I brought my little portable grill and I made ribs and then I had packages of deer sausage and so are
1: you one that I know a lot of hunters like take everything out of the wrapper beforehand so you aren't making all this noise or is that not for meal deer
0: that's a wonderful idea but i haven't done that okay i, sh- I should do that it's you like, know
1: so you aren't making all this noise mm-hmm. and now you have all this extra
0: stuff it's so. not quite as important when you're doing your western hunts because okay. you can like walk a little ways to a spot where you know it's just like maybe you're on top of a glass point you know you aren't going to be within. 100 200 yards of your animal, like when it shows up. And now, are you c- concerned about like scent control? You know, you're you always have to be concerned about scent, but you know, at the same time, like people chicken bait and for dumplings, deer, too. No. You know, I, I think I think no. chicken and dumplings is gonna smell a lot better than my human scent, sure. So, I'm not too concerned about the scent of food, to be okay. honest with you. like. You think about it sometimes. Maybe you bring an apple to the stand. Maybe that'll actually bring them in, you know. Right, yeah. And then you don't have to worry about that crumpling. Or toss your apple core. Anything. and Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. whitetail, difference. Okay, yeah. Though. So what t- whitetail,
1: so, what's that look like then for your pack?
0: Yeah, my whitetail pack. So I like to film a lot of my hunts, so I still use the same pack I use for Western hunting. So a little bit bigger, fit a little bit more stuff. Um, my favorite is a Mystery Ranch pop-up, Twenty Eight. Okay. So um I say we have some new ones too. We do have new ones. We got a new Mystery Ranch tree house. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. That's that's the bee's knees for whitetail hunting. <laughs> uh I might have to demo one of those from the store and try it out because yeah. you can fit a lot of stuff in that. But um yeah. In my pack I got my camera gear, I got a tripod. Uh, not a tripod, but I've got a camera arm that attaches to the tree. Nice, and then uh, and then I'll do my camera. I actually put my camera in a nice little fanny pack in the front. Oh yeah. So I so I can actually be like ready to film right away when uh, when opportunity arises. Mm-hmm. And is that a special
1: kind of fanny pack at all?
0: It is a any fanny pack you sell at Shields. Okay, do wonderful. <laughs> I I don't have a special fanny okay. pack. My special fanny pack is the one that fits my camera really right. well. You know, it's whatever whatever works best mm-hmm. for you. And um, yeah, then I'll just make sure to have snacks and water and my grunt tube and rattling antlers. And I am a rattling f- antlers. Yes, rattling antlers. Okay, so to call well, them in. Yes, exactly. Okay. The during the during like the pre-rud and the rut. For sure, okay. like early, it doesn't really make sense to use rattle, but um, later in the season, once you get into like mid or later October, and why is that? Well, I mean, they're not really establishing dominance okay. the first part of the season. They can be like doing light sparring, so you can use you can use rattles early, but you have to do it a little bit differently. So. It's it's really about like communication of the deer and the type of the time of the season. Sure. So early when they like first shed their velvet and they're hanging out like maybe still in bachelor groups and stuff, mm-hmm. then you can like you basically like click them together lightly, like tickling them. People might call okay. it. Okay. So it's just a little quiet thing. Friendly. Like, yeah. Some just you know just some friendly friendly sparring. But then once you get more into like the rut and stuff, then then the deer will fight each other to. Uh, you know, to be like, um, this is my gal, boy. You, yeah. you got to get out of here. This is my turf. <laughs> so then you can get really aggressive. More aggressive. With okay, stuff. interesting. So, but mm-hmm. I, 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 definitely like to have those in the pack just in case, because like maybe there's one that's like two, three hundred yards away that is probably not going to come your direction, but you wanna, right. you wanna get them towards you. So that's a good way to do it, like the grunt call and the rattle and stuff. So I like to, um, I like to do that, and I'm a firm believer in Ozonics and because um, i've just had it work you sure. know probably explain that to me i don't ozonics mm-hmm. that is an ozone generator so okay. if you think like the big machines that were in bowling alleys back in the day that would clear out like smoke or smell or stuff oh. like that mm-hmm. or like um I, th- I believe hotels use them too to clear out any smells but basically what it is is it generates ozone And what ozone is, is it's a molecule that's heavier than air or your scent. So it's going to drop at a rate that's a little bit faster than what your scent molecules are. Hmm. So you put this ozone generator above you, and then it creates basically like a blanket where it connects with your scent molecules, and it literally destroys them on a molecular molecular. level. Mm. Excuse me, I yeah. had something in my throat. <laughs> Pause. <coughs> Lost it.
1: No, that's tough on yeah.
0: you. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's We're much better now. Okay. We're good. So, yeah, basically it destroys it on a molecular level. Wow. So there's and now is this
1: like something that goes because you said it's above you so it's in your pack or like how is it yep. attached so to you basically
0: it's a little machine it's um i'd say the size of you know it's probably maybe five inches by four inches by like three inches tall so it's okay. just like a little box sure and then there's an attachment that you can put it on to a tree or a blind or whatever based okay. on where you're going and mm. uh, bit so i uh, so i put that in the yeah. pack and then I'll I'll hang it above me, cool. And then as long as the wind isn't whipping too bad, it uh, it destroys most of your odor. It's it works well in a tree, not insane. Where it really works is in like a hard sided blind, you know, like okay. one of your redneck or your muddy style blinds. I actually like basically change the way I hunt when I have the ability to do that sort of stuff. Mm. So good uh, good example of that is I used to. Be a whitetail guide out in North Dakota for a few years, and what I would do is like I have this I had this five acre bean field secluded way back next to next to a couple of bedrooms, one on each side, and so deer would flow through that, and then they'd come out of this corner of the field, and then it was like I said, it was a river bottom, so there was there was this big river that was on the northern side, and I'd park on the northern side, and I would go across the river and I'd go up this little ridge and into this blind. And, you know, I tried to figure out a bunch of ways to hunt this piece and I failed a lot and I got busted a lot. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get smart with this. So I put this big tower blind on the corner of the field and then I would crawl up this ridge, go right into the blind and I would hunt it. Um, I started hunting it like with the wind still blowing over, over the water, you know, like, okay, they're never going to smell me cause the wind's perfect. But the problem with that was the deer couldn't smell anything so they oh. didn't feel confident going out into the field cuz they sure. didn't know what was there. So and I saw this with my trail cameras too. Like I'd see like okay they're there one day, they're not there one day. And then I would would like follow weather patterns and projected winds and match them up with camera dates and then I'd notice that they would come out when the wind was blowing like where they were at then they could smell like what was in the field. and But if but if the wind was blowing over the river, they knew they couldn't smell anything out there, so there would sure. be a lot less deer coming. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out a way to hunt it when the wind is blowing from the field to where they're bedding. Hmm. But, you know, you can't really do that normally. Right. But if you have a hard-sided blind and you put an Ozonics in there and you run – with one window open and you blow the ozonics out there, so all of your scent is contained in this blind and it right. blows out one single window and you put the ozonics on the top and it destroys your, your odor scent. molecules, yeah. then you are literally scent invisible. Wow. So they feel comfortable going out into this field. And I'd run the ozonics and I'd have, all, I'd have these deer just pile into this wow. secluded bean field and I'd have 30 to 40 of them in bow range wow. directly downwind <laughs> of me. And they have no, no idea. clue yeah. that I'm there. So I was like, after that, after I saw that the first time, I was like, this is an absolute game changer. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Because
1: it's one of those things where it's like the science kind of goes above your head. Like, I don't know if I quite understand it. I mean, I, it makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then case in point... It actually works.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> it does work. So Very there's well. so many people that are like, "Oh, I'll just not a believer. Yeah. I'll just roll in the mud and I'll take control. I'll take care of my clothes. It doesn't matter." My grandpa used to or, smoke a stogie and go yeah. out there, whatever. But no, it works. It works. It yeah, absolutely works. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Very so, interesting. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't
0: know. We covered a lot. We did. We covered a decent amount. I got got to tell my, I got to tell my ozonic story. I got to tell my early bow season story, but um, yeah, yeah, hopefully I can (laughs) make it out West one more time. I'll be doing some whitetail hunting. I don't have anything great on camera yet. I do have one buck that I have history with. I call him righty. He's got a, Mm. he's got a great right side and a funky left side. And I passed him at two steps last year. Um, during rifle season he was you know he came out he looked good he was only a three-year-old buck though I could tell he was three so I was like I have shot enough mediocre eight-pointers that are three years old that I walk up to him and be like man I should have let him go another year I let him go another year okay because I let him go opening night and then I let him go the last day of the (laughs) rifle season too. so I knew he was gonna make it so I was like well I passed him the first day I can't Shoot him the last day, right? You know, because yeah. he's gonna make it. It's gonna make and it. And then the winter was horrible up there, so all of his nutrients went to his body instead of his rack, so he looks exactly the, the same this last <laughs> oh, year. Oh, bummer! Interesting which how that happened. Had me super bummed. But he's four now, so if I see him, he's, he's on the radar. Get it. Yeah. He's on the hit list. So that one got a few other ones, and then there's always surprises that show up during the rut. Well, I think we'll have to do a
1: check in mid season then.
0: There we go. And see, yeah. maybe we can even like, being we do this
1: um, video. Also, we can maybe put up some of that mm-hmm. video from your cams. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun.
0: Yeah, if uh, I can, we will. We'll do that. Okay, I'll put a picture of righty up there.
1: I'm like, I don't know how to do that, but he's, he's not the <laughs>
0: most impressive deer in the world, but it's one you have history with, right? And that's 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 sometimes even cooler too. Yeah, I feel so. like that has more meaning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Cool.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. This All has right. been a, this has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I love talking hunting. So as you can probably tell, I usually don't stop. I got like a million <laughs> other things I could talk about. But we'll too, do a check in we'll and that you'll talk for again. Another time. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, All right. Mike. Thanks everybody for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Make sure to follow us on our social channels, Shields Outdoors, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh best of luck to everybody hunting out there and see you next time.